So this morning we have a family reunion. And Joseph, if you didn't know, he had started a new family. So he was, you know, thrown as a slave away from his brothers to really live a life of poverty because they were so jealous of him. And what ended up was that Joseph became in charge of all of Egypt. He was well trusted by Pharaoh, so well trusted, that Pharaoh turned over all operations to Joseph. Joseph met a, a lady. They had a couple sons. He had started a family. From an outsider's perspective, things would sound like everything's working out for Joseph. The world was at his fingertips. He had a family. He had riches. He had authority. He had power. Really, all the things that we look at today and we say, now that is success. But on the inside, Joseph had a broken heart. I wonder how many of our hearts are aching in secret because forgiveness has been forgotten in the brokenness. How many times have we forgotten in the brokenness to offer forgiveness? So even though Joseph had this family and on the outside everything looked great, there wasn't something right here. There was an emptiness here. I think when Joseph saw his half-brothers, he wasn't really ready to forgive them. And I think all he really wanted was Benjamin. He wanted his full brother. Don't we classify people that way? Like, well, that brother is worth having back in my life, but those other ones, I can't stand the sight of them. So he made all kinds of tricks, right? He did everything he could think of to make sure that Benjamin would be there with him. And the rest, they could go do whatever they wanted. But God wanted to give more. So how often do you trade what God wants for you for what you can accomplish? See, Joseph had all the power to be able to have his youngest brother, Benjamin, his full-blood brother, with him. He was smart enough. He tricked his brothers. He was conniving enough. He had enough power behind him. He had the Pharaoh, the most powerful nation at that time, Egypt, backing him up. He could have got Benjamin even if he wouldn't have tricked his brothers. So often we go after what we can accomplish and we forget that God may want to give you more. Any of you in that boat? We settle for what we can do. But God wanted to change this heart. Because what from the outside, everyone said Joseph had it together. From the outside, Joseph was good. 
But God sees more than the outside. He sees what's going on here. And so many of us are walking around with a brokenness where forgiveness has been forgotten. This brokenness began to reveal itself and began to be healed when Joseph heard his elder brother Reuben. Now Reuben wasn't the one that, he wanted to get rid of Joseph, he just didn't want to kill him. So he had devised this plan with his brothers. But something changed in Reuben's heart. Before he was looking out for himself. Before Reuben came first. But in the moment that Benjamin was going to be lost and he knew his father, Jacob, would have a broken heart and be in anguish. What does Reuben do? He sacrifices himself. He says, take my freedom so that my father's heart will not be broken, so Benjamin will not be your slave. He says in Genesis chapter 44, So please, my Lord, let me stay here as a slave instead of the boy, and let the boy return with his brothers. For how can I return to my father if the boy is not with me? I couldn't bear to see the anguish this would cause my father. This sacrifice is what began to change, at least what I, when I read this story. Begins to shift and melt the heart of Joseph to realize that what he can accomplish is not really what God wants for him. All of a sudden, this crazy thing called forgiveness starts to stir in here. Chapter 45 of Genesis. Joseph could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room, so he said to his attendants, Out, all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told him who he was. He broke down and wept. He wept so loudly the Egyptians could hear him, and word of it quickly carried to the Pharaoh's palace. I am Joseph. He said to his brothers, Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer, and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years, and there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and tell him, 
This is what your son Joseph says. God has made me master over all the land of Egypt, so come down to me immediately. Weeping with joy, he embraced Benjamin, and Benjamin did the same. Then Joseph kissed each of his brothers and wept over them. And after that, they began to talk freely with him. Forgiveness includes weeping. Because forgiveness has to do with your heart. When you're giving it, your heart is finally free to release the hate or the hurt that has occurred. When you give it, your heart weeps because all of a sudden, this thing that you've held on to for so long and with hands clamped saying, I can't forgive, let's go. That's what happened to Joseph. All of a sudden, he looked at his brothers who really screwed him over and said, wait a minute. I just wanted Benjamin, but now I think I want you all. I see life with you better than life without you. I see a family beginning that doesn't just include my youngest brother, but includes my whole family. And the only way that can happen is if I forgive. Forgiveness often includes weeping when you're receiving it because your heart weeps for the debt that was paid that you didn't know how to pay. I don't know how often you guys have been in that situation where you've really been the one that has screwed over someone. Anyone ever screwed over someone? Those of you that didn't raise your hand. I don't know. <laughs> I have screwed over some people. In fact, some of you are like, mm-hmm, yep. And when that person comes to you and says, I forgive you, there's no action for you other than to say, I'm free. I mean, I don't know if you've gone to bed when you know you need forgiveness. And you wrestle with it. You can't sleep. I mean, some of you can sleep, but sometimes I can't sleep because I'm wrestling with this, oh, this, per I, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Forgiveness often includes weeping. Forgiveness also involves an invitation to come closer. I'm sure some of you have received apologies that included tears but the relationship didn't change. We don't see that with Joseph. Joseph tells his brothers, come closer. Now, what would our forgiveness look like if it wasn't just a, yes, sorry for that? 
Well, sorry for that. Now let's spend time together. Sorry for what I did. Now can we have a new beginning? Life together. Not just the, well, I'm a Christian. I guess I'm supposed to forgive. So you're forgiven, but I don't want to talk to you. You're forgiven, but I don't want to see you again. You're forgiven, and if I see you somewhere, I'm going to turn the other way. You guys ever done that? Oh, I've done this. Yeah. I have forgiven some people, and then I've said, I totally forgive you as long as I don't have to interact with you in any sort of level. But I'll tell you, that still causes unrest, right? I've shackled my heart. I've shackled it. I've shackled it with allowing for this either hurt or this hate to control my heart. When God says, forgive. Forgive and live. Forgive and live in the freedom that I offer. It means that we come closer. Forgiveness often includes weeping. It often or always involves an invitation to come closer. And forgiveness includes seeing what God is doing. See, the awesome thing about our Father is that He doesn't wait for you to do everything right to work. He just works whether you're doing everything right or not. Joseph saw this. He saw his story was messed up. Now, he had created some of this. I mean, any of us that have siblings, if you tell your siblings, so I had a dream, and you're all going to bow down to me. I know my sister doesn't take kindly to that. In fact, I mean, I think I've thrown out a couple times, you know I am a reverend. <laughs> and she's like, no, you're Aaron. <laughs> I guess I should be thankful she at least calls me by name. My actual name, not the names that she has created over the years. But Joseph was able to look at this and say, you know what, maybe this isn't just about me. Maybe sometimes the hardships and the stuff that I go through is not just focused on me. Maybe God has a bigger picture than my hurts. Maybe God has a bigger picture than the wrongs that have been done to me. Maybe God is working and all that is wrong to make it right. Forgiveness includes seeing a bigger picture. It includes seeing that God may be up to something if you trust him. So forgiveness is essential in family beginnings. God is constantly calling us to forgive. 
He's constantly inviting us to live in the ways and the works and the words of Jesus. And that's what Jesus did. Even on the cross, he goes, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And Jesus invites us to step into that and and follow him. To forgive even when we feel like it's not right. To forgive even when we think the person won't change. I mean, Jesus didn't hang up on the cross and go, forgive on that one and that one and that one, because they're going to change and believe in me. But those other ones, man, they're scum. Don't forgive them, Lord. Now he said, forgive them for this act that they have committed against your son. What kind of representatives are we of Jesus when we're unable to forgive? I know this makes you kind of sit uneasy. It makes me feel uneasy because I know that there are things that are still unresolved. Relationships that I think I've done the forgiveness thing. I mean, and when I classify it like that, I know I haven't, right? I think I've done it. And yet I know there's something still messing around here. Maybe I haven't really asked that person to come closer. And sometimes, honestly, I just need to be faithful in what the Lord has asked me to do. And whether the person comes closer, whether the person receives my forgiveness or gives me forgiveness, I just have to stand with Jesus and know that my invitation is to forgive and to receive their forgiveness, to invite them to live life with Jesus, it's not just with me, and keep pushing forward and be patient as he works. St. Paul said it this way in his letter to the Colossae church. He says, since God chose you to be holy people, he loves. And that's key in this passage that he writes. It starts with God choosing you, and it also starts with him loving you first. You must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. We don't see that in this country today, do we? No. I mean, I actually think we are more trying to find the fault rather than make allowance for. How can we pick apart a certain person? How can we go after someone? How can we build someone up so that they can be this celebrity that we all love and cherish until we find out something dirty? And let's tear them down. Then they're not even a person. Then you can call them anything because, you know, they put themselves out there. That's not what God calls us to do calls us to make allowance for each other's faults, to forgive anyone who offends you. Anyone offended last week by someone? 
something. Oh, yeah, right. You could be driving. You could be offended. You could be waiting in line to pay for your groceries. You could be offended. You could be someone that cuts in front of you while you're trying to buy your coffee. You could be offended. You could be someone who curses and your kids are right there. You're offended, right? You could be someone who lives a lifestyle different than yourself. Can't believe them. You're offended. You could be someone who made a mistake. You get offended. Why do we get offended? Well, there's a part of me that believes that every time I can say that person is wrong and that person is wrong and that person is wrong, it can make me feel a little bit more right. And when I can make myself feel a little bit more right, I really don't need forgiveness because I'm the righteous one. I'm not looking to the righteous one, Jesus, to not only forgive those who have made a mistake, but to forgive me each and every day. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. I think when we look at the story of Joseph, we see this. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. My prayer for you this morning is that you would center in on allowing God to melt your heart, that he would allow you to weep either by giving forgiveness or receiving it, that you would hear that invitation that he says when he forgives you to draw near, to come closer, to look at him and actually not see a stranger, but see a friend. May you go forth forgiving and seeing that God is working a bigger picture that it may not be about you in that hour or that day or that week or that month or that year or that decade. It may be about people who don't know him. It may be about people who need him. It may be for mercy that you're experiencing the heartache or the challenge. So we got to exercise. You guys excited about an exercise? How many of you got your phones with you today? 
Come on. I just, I heard one ringing earlier. <laughs> I mean, there's no fooling. There's a, my wife's phone is up there. Uh, don't use it. Um, you got your phones? Take them out. You probably already have them out. Some of you have been reading. So wake up. Take your phones out. Now what I'm going to have you do is you're going to self-text. So you're going to self-text. So you're going to send the text to yourself. Because I don't want to be here coaching and encouraging all morning for you to do this because I know you're going to hesitate. But then I'm going to give you the exercise to fulfill later. Now that's great because I'm giving low control, but there's going to be some high accountability. When I see one of you, so don't, I mean, I'm sure you won't come back next week because then you'll be like, ah, and then fulfill the exercise. But just know I have a bad memory sometimes, so I'll probably forget. But I'm hoping that all of you in here will remind each other as well. So the first thing I want you to do is text yourself this message to then later text to someone that you need to do this. Say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. There's a blank. You can probably fill that in. I mean, you probably know what it is. Could we get together so I can tell you in person? Now, Normally, I would say texting an apology isn't the best way. That's why you have that invitation to draw near. Now, what I love about that is that some of you are going to be like, oh, yeah, I'll text that. That person has already blocked me. Or that person is not going to answer. I believe that the, the Lord has power to send those messages when he is about to do something big. He's all about reconciliation. So in the moment that, and you know, if you're going to text to someone that's right next to you, like right now, you probably could just turn to them and say, let's talk later. So you got that? The second thing you're going to do Text this to yourself as a reminder. My hope is, is that when you look at your text and you see this, that you're going to say, oh, yeah, I haven't done that. And the Lord invited me into that today. And say, I'm sorry for not forgiving you. That's kind of how the message started out, right? And many of us are living secretly with a hurt where forgiveness was forgotten. So what you're going to do is reintroduce the topic of forgiveness with someone that you were offended by. So I'm sorry for not forgiving you for, and then you are forgiven. Could we get together so I could tell you in person? Don't leave out that last statement. Don't be a wimp and just send a text and go, whew, boy, I feel better. Meet face-to-face, -face, draw closer. Now, here's the kingdom risk. 
This might be because you're going to send something about forgetting an appointment. Now that's a low kingdom risk. Those, what I call those are, you're going to ask for forgiveness because you pretty much know that they're going to give it. So you're like, oh, I'm sorry. And they go, oh, you're forgiven. Or they'll say, oh, that's okay. That's more in our language. But I want us to change that and actually say, you're forgiven. That's low kingdom risk. High kingdom risk is sending a text and inviting the relationship to re-engage with someone that you hate. I mean, you hate. Okay, I'll use a different, you loathe? Or wait, you don't really like. Like they haven't really been a blessing in your life. How's that? You haven't been like, oh, I can't wait to hang out with Like, it's going to turn your stomach a little bit to go. He said he wants to have coffee. And now I have to. You're going to wake up that day and go, I think I'm feeling sick. (laughs) That is a higher kingdom risk. But I'll tell you, when you take the higher kingdom risk, transformation happens. I'm not guaranteeing that this person is going to stop being a jerk. But God's going to do something here in your heart. And at this church, at this church that we call Oikos, we believe in the value of transformation. Amen? Amen. We don't believe that it occurs because we do something or we push We believe it occurs because the Holy Spirit is at work. So for those of you who take the higher kingdom risk, and really, it's just good practice. Lower kingdom risk, it doesn't matter, right? Maybe I'll text one of my kids. Say, please forgive me for ignoring you. It's good practice for me. But when I take that higher kingdom risk, I'm going to be praying, Lord, prepare me. Prepare me for the words that I need to have. Give me your wisdom as I speak. Let it not be about me. Let it be about me bringing peace. May we be peace bringers today. Forgiveness is essential and family beginnings. Because we are messed up people. And if you think you don't have a messed up family, we have messed up families. Man, just ask some family history and you'll go, oh, my family's not so messed up. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, Someone will ask you, and you'll start talking about your family, and then you'll go, well, yeah, I guess that kind of fell off, right? Yeah. I forgot about that one. Step into the life of Jesus. He came out of a family that did not want him and disowned him. But then we hear about his brother James leading the church later. 
Look for restoration. Look for transformation. Look for reconciliation. For God is at work. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are here right now, present, active, and inviting us to live differently, to actually give allowances when people mess up, to actually be patient enough to not react with anger, but instead to come back offering forgiveness or seeking forgiveness. Lord, we need your wisdom. We need your spirit. And we thank you that you have given it to us in plenty, that he overflows in our lives. We just don't always see it or recognize it. Invite us into this life, Lord, where forgiveness comes first. We're asking people to live with us, not in broken relationships, but in repaired and restored relationships. Speak to us. And in those empty, secret areas of our hearts that are hurting, that no one knows about because our lives look like they're fine, whisper to us that there's freedom. There's freedom when we trust and we trust in you, our good Father, who offers us everything. Thank you also, Jesus, for teaching us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.